Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Andy and Nate. Hope this is coming through the speakers. I still said my name first. I'm clapping. You're going to have to live with that. I know I'm that clapping. bothers you. At least you did it right. It bothers you I said my name first, though, doesn't it? No, it didn't bother me at all. That's a lie. You're more important to this show's success than me anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm okay with you going first. We're missing Micah. We're missing Micah. We're missing Micah in a cool place. I wish he could have come no, no, with us today. No, no, pretty sweet. Yeah. But... But uh, no, today we're uh, going to talk a bit uh, more of a serious topic, I guess. Not real serious, but kind of a educational topic: finance, sure. financing recreational real estate. Yeah, like just the process of buying a farm yeah. or buying. It doesn't even have to be a farm, I guess. Well, sure, if you, you land, farm land, exactly. Yeah. Buying naked ride, land, whether it's to ride your four wheeler on or fish that on was or the joke hunt I on. To say naked land, naked land, you would. <laughs> yeah, buying land. But Which can have a home on it or right. a property. There's a lot that a, goes in big. A building. but uh. So I guess I've really never, I've always said, and you all on here, I, I'm in lending. But full disclosure, I guess in this episode, I work for FCS Financial. And our guest today, Jordan, that's what he does as well. I mentioned that in the, in the show. But uh, it's what I do, um, help people. One of your contemporaries. Exactly. Help, help people finance Real estate. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I do. So, we and I'm just in, me. I'm just here listening to you guys. <laughs> we tapped into to Jordan, who's a, a good resource of of knowledge here in that process. He's been with the company longer than I have, and we both have a passion for the outdoors. And yeah, hopefully, you learned something this episode. And my head, we hurts. can help you. My head hurts from doing. Yeah, there's math. some there's some hard guys. guys there's math. some math problems in this one that it's not for the not for the weak. What's that movie? You made my girlfriend think. That's <laughs> <laughs> so how I felt after you guys kept asking me what 20% of what is. Uh, that's why I have a calculator on my phone. I don't need to do math We'll let you use head. those. We'll let you use those. But, no, it's like usual. Good episode. More yeah. educational, I think, than some of our other ones. But pertinent, a lot, a lot of information. it's pertinent information to do the things that we love to do. I guarantee if there's people listening to this show, hopefully, that are thinking about or want to buy property or maybe are um, timid about doing it, or are serious about doing it, maybe this will give them some really good information uh, as they're going down that road. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, I'm one of those people. I, I really want a spot. Yeah. Uh, I just happen to live in uh, an area that all the dirt's made of gold. So. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a lot of stuff, it is, it's land prices are, are high right now. And yeah. Just, whether it comes down, who knows? That's a magic question. But uh, I think you said it in the show. Yeah, they don't. They're not going to make any more of they it. Don't make any more of it. Nope. But let's get into our sponsors real quick before we hop on. Um, who do we want to talk about first? I got it pulled up right here. How about Black Ovis? No doubt. Blackovis.com. dot uh, com. I'm I'm kind of just going through their their front page here. Um, 
You know they have the month they have a monthly giveaway. Signing up. That's pretty cool. April giveaway. Yeah. Um you know when's this gonna come out? Today's May sixth. This show won't come out for several weeks actually. We're we're pre recording this one. Yeah. So I'm gonna, because I'm Nate leaving. has a vacation. Thinks he's special. My kids are special. Okay. You and your Mickey Mouse bull <laughs> yeah. basically. Uh so I think turkey season will be over by yeah. then. But oh, right now I'm looking long, at long. it, you know, they've got turkey gear kind of all over the site right now. Um they have everything. Turkey gear, optics, calls. Uh I mean, you know, if you especially if you're going out west, I mean footwear, it's a good, clothing, yeah. Camping. Good archery. place to get hooked up. I mean, you name it, they pretty much sell it. Um, it's we said this on a previous show, but that custom arrow builder, I'm definitely getting me some new arrows. I, I need some anyway. But uh, the options they have doing that, yeah, they can fit you pretty good there. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good good place to look. You know, look for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use the code MWW10 for ten percent off. Uh, Every little bit helps. Yep, yeah, it'll uh, pay for taxes. You tell your wife you had a coupon. I, I never know if you pay for taxes on different websites, but. Uh, you ever bought it, it depends online, if it's in the state. If they have a right. physical store in the state, I think it is what if I, I could be wrong, but that's what affects it. Uh, so. but yeah, check them out. Uh, BlackOvis.com. Uh, let's go to Onyx next. <laughs> Onyx next, yeah. Uh, we, me, you, and Micah all have always used Onyx. Mm-hmm. I've been, been using Onyx since I've been going out west. Yep. It's... After my first year out west, it has saved my ass every year since then because I was not enjoying myself. Well, the cool with thing that. with it, you know, for that reason is go out west. They have a feature, so we go where we go. There's no cell phone service. Right. We can download our maps off and and run them offline, but it also still pings your phone and you use it as a GPS. So you can have that map, all the detail of the maps, and still be able to see it even though you have no service. I run my phone in airplane mode out there. Yep. And can too. still use Onyx. To, to find my location. I guess the biggest mistake people make is they don't download their maps before going offline. Yeah, going out, out yeah. west. Yeah. But then I also like the share feature. You can share, like, points with people. Micah just did that yesterday. I know you guys are trying to trying to snipe some <laughs> coyote hunting properties. Uh, we don't know about that, but we're just trying to get, uh-huh. like, anywhere near the number you have. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just let me hunt with you. It'd be great. Yeah, maybe once or twice. Um. But with Onyx, if you go to onyxmaps.com, use the code MWW20, you can get 20% off any of their um, memberships. Memberships. Yeah. And that's the elite, the, just a single state, whatever. Whichever one you use, yeah, 20% yeah. off. Um, can't do it through the app. You have to go to onyxmaps.com. Yeah, make sure you go to the website so you can yeah. use the code. Uh, and then you'll be good to go. And while you're using the Onyx website, you can put a pin, right? You going to get where I'm going here? No. You're going to put a pin right where you dump your lucky buck. Nice. Nice. Look at you moving and just mm-hmm. seamlessly in there, and then I ruined it. Yeah, you did, like normal. Lucky Buck Deer Mineral. Uh, I've dumped mine out. Uh, his rule of thumb was... Right now, once a month. Right before yeah. you mow your yard for the first time of the year, dump out your first bucket. After that, I believe it's a bucket a month. Mm-hmm. Up until, during, during up until the, season. But really, you, you'll, get, you'll get by with five to six buckets in an entire year. Is yeah. The most, most people get by with. And... You know what's I like about them? I used to carry when we were like mix our own stuff back in the day. Five I'd gallon carry buckets. five gallon buckets, and then I'd have them both like three quarters of the way mm-hmm. full, walking all the way out into my you know spots. And yep. by the time you get there, your arms are on fire. Um, these buckets aren't even that big. No, what, what is it? But they're, last, they're lasting just as long, and the deer are hitting them just as hard. Yeah. So check those guys out. LuckyBuckMineral.com. Um, you can also into, use that Onyx pen. Oh God. Okay. I was going to let you have this one. No, I don't even know what you're doing. 
You can use that Onyx pin to get to your tree stand. To know where your tree stands are. There you go. Your <laughs> River's you Edge are, tree stands more you specifically. Are corny. <laughs> and I like, love it. It's like trying to help. I love it. Yeah, River's Edge tree stands. Um, we actually mentioned it in the show, but uh, I've got a trailer that has stuff on it that we need to unload because my dad's been asking about the trailer. <laughs> but uh, we're ready. To, I mean, it's time. Hey, this is uh, by when this comes out, middle of May. So it's time to start kind of doing our prep work. Finding yeah. our stand locations, kind of starting to get that underway, and mm-hmm. we have some pretty sweet Rivers Edge stands to hang this year. Yeah, I'm. It's weird that I'm actually oddly excited about a tower blind or a tower. We we got a tower. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Tower blind. Yeah. Um, I'm oddly excited about putting that up. I think it's going to be exciting because I'm not be a fan of ta- blinds. Well, but you're going to be able to take your boys in that thing. And that's that's gonna exactly be sweet right. Yeah. To, you know, and, and some of the buddy stands getting those up and and taking your your sons and. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what I'm mostly excited about with the tower blind is it, it's a tower, so I'm going to be off the ground. I'm going to be elevated. Most towers are. Thank you. And that's maybe why I'm a little excited about it is because it's going to be elevated, so I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to feel like I'm in a tree stand. I don't know. But, yeah. uh Check them out, River's Edge. Um, we like them because they're kind of like we are as hunters. They cover more than just like your mobile run-and-gun guys, which isn't anything wrong with that, but they've they've got that option. They've got big hang-ons for giant Sasquatches like you. Yep. Uh, they've got ladders, and then obviously – And Mike is a big ladder stand fan. So, I mean, yep. they have everything from running guns that you like to the large platform hang-ons that I like mm-hmm. to the ladder stands Micah likes to the the buddy stands that you're going to take, you know – The boys in. The boys in. Yeah. So and, – And at affordable prices, the, the, they aren't – they're not definitely not the highest dollar stand in the market – but they're not the cheapest either. They mm-hmm. are a quality stand for a, a reasonable price. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, cutting back trail cameras. I mean, it's about that time. We're going to be putting them out soon. A lot of people just keep them out year-round, year refresh mm-hmm. batteries. Um, you know, we've we've worked with cutting back from the beginning. Yep. Love love our cutting link systems. We're going to be adding to them this year. I'm actually going to be starting another cutting link system on a different farm too. It um, changes the way, I mean. Yeah. You hang, hang cameras and way you scout farms. So check them out, cuttybackdigital.com. Use the code MOWW22 for 10% off. Um, there a little bit helps in those systems. And you can drop a pin in your house to where your gun safe is and get on a whisk. Did I do that right? I don't think that one okay, works. Sorry. The, the one thing that you could not use it for, <laughs> you tried to use it for. Midwest Gunworks. Yep. You uh, and I, as it sits today, have two guns we're building. I have everything. Well, I each. finally have everything now that I need. Same. I shouldn't say finally. It, w- it wasn't that long. Um, I have everything we I have need to put to put that together. And the intention is not until next night season. Do we need to just get together and have a build party some night? It's like Legos, right? Adult Legos? Yeah. Adult. Can we have a party together Let's and do just it. you know have ourselves a little build? Is that the same as like the uh, gender reveal party? No. For babies? Like no. we can have our build party. I know what caliber yours is. So no. If, if you yours. didn't tell me the caliber, then yeah. It's the same as yours. Reveal party. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, check them out, MidwestGunWorks.com. Uh, use the code MWW5 for 5% off. And then last but not least, Camo Fire, um, sister company to Black Ovis. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like breaking them up. You know, I hate talking about them always. Because they're the two separate set. things for they sure. They are two separate things. They're they're sister companies, but they are two separate things. Um, Camo Fire, you know, is that flash sale. I'm actually on the website right now. I say that we're not going to do this every week, and we Because it's always different. By the time, they, by the time you guys hear this it, it's will be weeks different. from today. But – Look but at this right here. Forty percent off. Forty one percent off. Keep going down. Some Gerber knives. Yep. 
I mean, you're set fifty five percent off. I mean, the sales today they have, must be a knife day. It's a knife day. There's a, a multi tool right fri- there. Knife Friday. Uh, I like that. That Gerber suspension NXT multi tool. There you go. Twenty five percent off. I mean, so long story short, the the amount of discounts and stuff you can grab on that thing, and you never know what you need, right? Plus, well, you never know what you need until you're Nate looking likes, at it. Nate likes to use that while he's pooping. You know, pooping. What's wrong with that? <laughs> a lot. I do a lot of my reading when I'm. On I the guess throne. it could be worse. You could be going through TikTok. I don't even have TikTok. Um, yes, you do. We have a TikTok, but I haven't used it in months now. I'm tired of messing with it. Because uh, all I do is make the damn video on there anyway, and then just save it. Because they don't like us. No, they don't like us. That's Keep why I don't like stuff music. down TikTok. Uh, so check them out, camofire.com, or you can download the app, which um, all of us have had on our phones. Yeah. And uh, it you know, helps me get through my morning uh, duties. Absolutely. All right. Great anything else? Any other housekeeping we got to get through today? Oh, I think we just, I mean, like I said, informational, good. Um, got Jordan on here to, to keep it straight. Let's just get Jordan hey, on push here. Push the button. Push the button. Yeah, pu- pu- push the button. All right. Let's do it. All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Now you got there. Alright guys, with us today we have Jordan Harmon with FCS Financial. Jordan, how's it going, man? It's going wonderful. Good. Uh, we should dry up a little bit, but it's a pretty nice day for That'd a Friday. Be freaking great. It is a little soggy out. People aren't gonna hear this for a few weeks, so hopefully by that time summer or spring has actually shown up. Yeah. They're calling for ninety one degrees on Tuesday, so yep. it's about forty degrees better than it was this morning, I think. That's no doubt. Yeah, we're Standard recording this on uh, May sixth. This probably won't come out for several weeks but uh as we sit today it's 50 degrees and raining again it's still turkey season right now and i mm-hmm. don't know if it's uh turkeys or ducks when they float by <laughs> can't tell yeah. <laughs> the mushrooms are still coming up though even though it's cold that's true that's true. that was your brother right yep. shout out yeah, yeah shout out to your brother who uh had a hole in his face mask is that right <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right and, you know he's, he's out turkey hunting and stumbled on a good batch and uh you got to use what you have. He couldn't kill a turkey, but he found some mushrooms. So that's a win. Uh, most of us are in that boat. Yeah. As I, a, as a, I thought I had one killed last week. You actually did get it done. It's been a little bit now. Yeah, first Saturday of the season, I killed one. But uh, we probably ought to talk about that at some point, since we did say we were going to talk one about of these it. Days. I don't think we're going to do a show on it though. One of these days, he'll come out. <laughs> we'll have Pat on. He can tell a story. He's with me. Bang bang. But, that's right. Did you double or just you? Just me. There's just one. This one Tom with him, and we actually put a stalk on him. It was uh, our morning set got busted, <laughs> and uh, my buddy missed one at four yards, if you can believe that. So uh, I don't think it – basically, I don't think it's uh, left the wad at that point. I mean, it was <laughs> right there. He just flat-ass missed. That's what she said. But uh, <laughs> I've had people tell me that they've never missed turkeys, and I've called them all liars because I've missed more than oh, man. <laughs> most, and it's easy to do. What I actually just did last night of turkey hunting is I got a, a guy that's uh, losing lambs left and right. And um, we got a special permit from the conservation and went out and tried to help him with it. And, you know, trying to trying to go out there and do some good. and Haven't killed shit. Called it in. I've called in two coyotes so far. One would not come in close enough to get a shot. And the other one came in and got our wind and took off and I missed. So 
whiffed. So yeah. I have not helped the farmer out quite as much as I like to yet. <laughs> you know what? That's what sucks is uh, as you get more – I know we're not talking about coyote hunting, but as you get more serious about coyote hunting, you know, people, you do get phone mm-hmm. calls and, hey, you know, come help us out. And then you – when you fail, you're like – they ask you how you did. You're, right. you're just like, well, should I just lie and say I killed three? <laughs> well, yeah. Because you feel to. like a loser when you're like, well, I tried. I having to send him that text this morning. You know, he goes, well, how'd it go? I'm like – well, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I would have helped you, but I screwed up. He's like, and then he has a permit to snare him right now, just because. I mean, he's trying to protect his herd and everything. And he's losing a lot of lambs fast, and uh, he ended up snaring one. I was like, well, you did better than I did. And I was, <laughs> I was packing. <laughs> so, but, but no, Jordan. I'm sorry, need, we kind of went down a help. big rabbit hole right in the you beginning here. So yeah, maybe I need to recruit Nate here. I don't have a gun, but hey, yeah. But uh, we jumped down a big rabbit hole. But uh, Jordan, tell us a little about yourself. Obviously, what you do and uh, where you're from, and what you love about the Missouri outdoors. Like they said, my um, my name's Jordan Harmon. I've lived in Brunswick my whole life. Still live here. I'm actually down um, in a cabin that myself and some buddies own. A little hunting cabin, party place, which is very nice, by the Pretty way. Pretty badass. Just right on the other side of the Grand River. So I've been here my whole life. I work for FCS Financial, and I have since uh, January of 2011. Prior to that year, I was a intern the summer of 2010, my last year in college. Um, had an opportunity to come straight to work right out of college. I graduated in December and went to work in January. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, it's an hour drive from Brunswick to Chillicothe. Why do you do it? And um, I'm pretty partial to this area. My family's all from around here. Um, met my wife. She's an ag teacher over in Salisbury. Um, so it all worked out, and I don't plan on going anywhere. I tell everybody now that my day just starts an hour sooner and ends an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> and unlike Andy, I think he lives about <laughs> 300 yards from the office in Higginsville. Uh, so I don't know if I might wa- be pushing it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that close to the office, I don't think. Yeah, but. so as you guys heard in the intro, um, me and Jordan work for the same company. That's what I do for a living as well. But uh, – we brought Jordan on for a little little expert. He's been here a little longer than I have and just kind of get his expert opinion on some of these topics. But he is correct. I live – I got very lucky, and they, they built an FCS office in my front yard. So I look out my front door, and I see my work, which is good and bad. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's no. cool that both of you own a bank. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll let yes. Andy respond to that. That's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just wanted Nate, to make sure I said it on Nate, the show. Nate and Micah feel that Micah, I Micah, that's for you. Yeah, thanks, Micah. Thanks. But now no, we're it's... we're talking about, uh, of course, the outdoors down here, and I'm in. For guys that are duck hunters, this is what's called the golden triangle yep. um, in this area down here. So um, that that's my passion. Of course, I, I try to go turkey hunt. I'm not as good as Andy, it doesn't sound, because I can't seem to kill one. <laughs> I stumble on them. Um, do a little bit of deer hunting, do a little bit of everything, involved with the National Wild Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, all that good stuff. Um, so doing what I do for farm credit and living where I live, it works out great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is, you know, so, recreational properties. and Yeah, a lot of times, I mean, outside of work, you know, um, you know, in our hobbies and things we do, we run into friends and buddies that are always talking about looking of, man, I'd love to find me, a, you know, 40 acres to hunt on or just to get away on, to ride my four-wheeler on, mm-hmm. to, you know, take the family out or, you know, whatever it might be. Dump a dead body, you know, all these that things. gets a little gray area, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> can't take him anywhere i know i'm sorry and in today's day and times it's hard it's harder and harder to find a place to hunt about anybody will let you go shoot coyotes but when it comes yeah. to deer turkeys or ducks it's a little different um, a little yeah. different so everybody wants to own their own and i can't blame them people are pretty protective i mean because it is a special i mean once you own a piece of land that's yours yeah. that's you know it's special to you and uh and i think the reason we wanted to do this show is 
it's not as diff. It is possible to own your own land. Absolutely. And I think there is a. I don't. I don't know if I would call it a misconception, but um, it's not people are intimidated. Knowledge. Intimidated by the possibility of of buying their own recreational property mm-hmm. or farm, whatever you want to. And for some people, a farm it, but, is recreational. It just depends yeah. on what your goals are there. But uh, it's not as as hard as you would think. So that's what we're going to do today. Is just Jordan and Andy more really. I'm going to sit there and listen for the most part. In, in today's day and age, it's probably harder to find a farm for sale than it is to buy a farm when you find one for sale. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially today. But you know, that's what we're going to kind of talk about today is just the basics of. Uh, you know, finding mm-hmm. a piece of property, which neither n- nobody in this room is a, an agent, a real estate agent, or knows how to that. But nope. you know, uh, how how you go about finding a piece of property to buy, and then when you really do want something, what is, how does it get done? How how does you know how does mm-hmm. it happen? And I'm gonna let them basically take it, and I'll say some smart ass things throughout, and we'll go from there. So yeah, I mean, first when it comes to, it, I mean, one. Before people start looking, you can look to your blue in the face all over the place and not knowing what options are there, um, you know, in the process of it, um, you know, trying to figure out what you can afford, what you can do. Um, a lot of times it comes down to sitting down yourself and figure out, okay, what type of payments can I afford? Plug them into some, some calculators, I think, and, and starting there. And, and Andy, that's, that's probably the number one question that I get when somebody calls me and they ask me, well, Jordan, what, what can I afford? Yeah. And, and that is probably the hardest question. It's almost impossible to answer because every property you find is going to be different. You're going to yes. have some that generate income. You're going to have some that don't. You're going to have some that have restrictions on what you can do. Um, so what I tell people is, yeah, we can look at some stuff and mm-hmm. I can decide, well, yeah, you, you know, you need to pursue this and find me something. But I always tell people to find me a property, and I don't care what that property is. You get me the details on it. You tell me where it's at. We get all your other personal financial information, your mm-hmm. you know, your wage income and everything, and then let's step back and see if you can afford it. Because just to say that you know, you can afford a $150,000 farm, maybe that's the case. But if that particular farm you find has $12,000, worth of income on it a year, that $150,000 farm could then be a $250,000 farm. So you're really kind of right. you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you – ask me or Andy to tell us what you can afford or tell mm-hmm. you what we can, af- what you can afford. Um, so I, my, as a general rule, I want you to find something, yep. bring it to me and let's look at it based on what you actually want to buy. Let's don't get hypothetical. Yeah. Right. And you should really have an idea when you start looking to, to bring that to you is okay. Just like a mortgage uh, of uh, the home you're going to live in. Well, you know, you can afford a thousand bucks a month or, you know, 1500 bucks a month, have a general ballpark you're working in. Um, and if you're buying a, a property that doesn't have any income, that's essentially the same concept. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, how do it, people how do people find those? Like Andy, you you've uh, taught me a lot about looking for stuff over the past five, six, seven years. Because you know, uh, people are used to going on you know Reesonickels dot com or mm-hmm. Remax or whatever, and that's you know they look for houses. There's a and couple then of other ones. people. They feel like it's hard to find land mm-hmm. when really it's not that we, we live in it's 2022 you should be able to find stuff now the world we live in today the second it's oh <laughs> it's, yeah. it's available it's it might sold be before gone. it gets listed type yeah thing. but you know, how a, do people go about just finding that or would you tell them to look to should they say hey this is where i want to be 
and then start looking from there or i'd say if you're in a you know more of a say you live in an urban area now and you're trying to to go out and find something um just a place to start i mean one there's i think jordan there's a bunch of uh, land real estate agents um that have websites just the same as the ones you mentioned those are good places to start um, contacting some of those agents because a lot of times they have ideas and stuff that never hit the market. And if you put your name on a list of a prospective, you know, looker, they'll, they'll keep an eye out. And another thing, you know, just, and everybody's got access to the Internet anymore. Get on your mm-hmm. phone. If you're wanting to mm-hmm. buy a farm in Sheridan County, type in recreational real estate for sale in Sheridan County. Yep. And every realtor that has anything listed will pop up there, and you may look for that for three months. Mm-hmm. You may not find anything. but. Um, a simple internet church or yep. is, is as good as anything. That's what I would say, people. Because you don't see, I mean, I'm sure land for sale, you do see the, the, the yard sign at mm-hmm. the times. But, you know, a lot of times you could drive by a farm that's for sale and you don't even know it because right. agents maybe don't put a sign down like they would Wait. a house for sale in town. Yeah. yeah. So, and Two of my favorite sites that I like to just browse every once in a while when I'm seeing what's, you know, what's for sale out there is one is lands of America. Um, it's kind of a pool of, it, it pulls some agents listings together and mm-hmm. you can search County state, you know, whatever you want to do there. And then another one is land watch, um, does the same thing. Um, lands of America is a little more, I think, land oriented land watch almost has more houses and stuff on it sometimes but both of those i like start that's a that's a good starting point and then sometimes i go down rabbit holes of see those agents that have stuff listed on those websites and go explore their right. listings it, it certainly doesn't hurt to, to call an agent and say hey i'm looking for you know 40 acres to as much as 120 acres and want a little income on it and if mm-hmm. you find something here's my number call me also yep. like a 220 inch deer on it if you don't mind yes preferably <laughs> right but i mean that's that's a good start starting point there i mean as far as finding something uh, it, it doesn't work very often but another option is you know finding a property if you're out in the countryside driving around and knocking on a door it's kind of like asking you do doing the same thing to go kill a turkey you see out there yep 90 percent of them probably going to tell you no but the ten, <laughs> there's 10 percent of them that say well i never thought about selling it but i think i would yeah that's very true that's very true but uh and then i guess from the from as far as you know okay you found something you know we come to jordan and say okay i want to apply um jordan walk us through kind of the financial requirements that that a borrower is required to give to get that process started the first thing i'm going to do once you call me andy is ask you to bring in your last three years of tax returns um there's a lot of things that can go into that i mean if you change jobs or something we can Mm -hmm. look at you know pay stubs or something current but basically we just want to get a uh, a picture of your current non-farm income or if you're a farmer you know your current income right um, that being said we get that and then i'm going to sit down with you and we're going to fill out a financial statement and andy and i do this stuff every day nate probably doesn't even know what a financial statement looks like i don't know nope. but <laughs> essentially uh, i get a lot of questions on that and, and all what- i know is my bank account has a bunch of zeros <laughs> on the end of it <laughs> but it depends it's, with the decimal unfortunately place it, it starts with a zero too <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, no, we, we go in and, and we're going to ask you a, a simply for a list of everything you own that has any value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to go on the left side of a financial statement. It's going to be called your assets. Most people know what an asset is. And then yep. everything, any debts you have corresponding to any assets you have, um, we're going to ask you to fill out all that. We're going to take all that and we're going to ask for all the details as far as the interest rates on your current loans and your monthly payments, annual payments, um, principal balances, like I said. And then we're going to take the information from the farm that you're looking at and we're going to 
project that income into your historic information, and we're going to simply make a decision if you can afford not only the farm that you're looking to buy, but also all your existing debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the living expenses, you know, you currently have to factor in the current bills, living expenses, all that stuff. And I, I would say there's two, um, I would say misconceptions or different um, things I run into is filling out the financial statement. One is, well, I don't want to kind of disclose everything on there. I don't want you to, to use that as collateral. That financial statement is not collateral. That is a snapshot of who you are financially. At a certain date and at time. At a certain date and time. And, you know, kind of shows us how you spend your money a little bit, who you, I mean, who you are at financially, really. Um, so it's not necessarily what we can get our hands on. That's that kind of misconception, I feel like. And then the second biggest thing I see is, okay, if somebody has a $50,000 pickup truck, and they owe $25,000 on it. Well, they'll list the pickup truck's value at 25000 because that's, that's how much equity they feel like they have in it. Instead of And then list the 25000 in debt instead of putting the full 50000 and then coming back and, and putting the twenty five and you know Give yourself credit for, for all of your asset value. And, but, but to that point, Andy, though, I have no problem, and I know, I know you don't either. That, that same guy that doesn't know what he's doing – Come yes. in and see us. We'll, we'll sit down across from the table at the desk, and we'll do it with you. I mean, we'll make sure everything's right. We don't expect you to send you out a bunch of paperwork and you send it back perfect because it, it, it just doesn't happen, especially if you're oh, not no. used to doing it. Yep. That's, I think that's exactly right. That's why we have an office, why we have meeting rooms. Sit down and uh, if you're go like, over If you're like me, you, you'd rather come to the house or to the farm or something than get out of the office. But that's, That is the yeah, great benefit of FCS is we're able to have that um, – that freedom with so many locations and we can go out and talk to you, be personable and figure out what those goals are and, and help you fill out those documents. I've but closed on right here at this cabin. We're sitting at before. That's a perfect spotlight. And this table's awesome. <laughs> this is great. Cause like if, if this you get is a hedge trouble, table, that one's a hedge table. Okay. That's the only, the hedge is the only thing we've got to heat this or woods. The only place, only way we have to heat this place. So we found some nice hedge trees and they were too straight to cut up and split. So we took them to the sawmill and the uh, Amish folks saw the floors and made us a table. It's beautiful. Weighs about a thousand pounds. <laughs> I bet so. I bet so. Other than that, it's pretty. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's get into so. Okay, the borrowers or the the buyer has went out and they've found their property. They know what they want. They've come to us and brought their financials to us. Well, now the next step is okay. We want to. Well, how how do I know what to account for for a payment? What type of terms are available for me um, to buy this? Because you know. You, from an out, I, you feel a lot of phone calls at the office of, I can't find anybody that'll lend on bare land. You know, most commercial banks, most, um, don't like bare land loans. They specialize, you know, in more urban lending of has to have a building, has to have this and that, FCS, and you know, there's other places too. But we specialize in agriculture, bare land, you know, recreational loans. Um, so walk through, I guess, what what are some terms available? Um, to somebody that's wanting to buy land and andy there as you know there's there's no cookie cutter approach to any farm every every farm every customer is essentially going to be different yep um but if a person walks in looking to buy a recreational property like we're talking about um a standard you can assume is 20 percent down um mm-hmm. You know, that can vary. Sometimes we may require more. Um, we're probably never going to require any less than 20% down. Right. Um, so so be prepared whenever you're looking at a farm to have a, you know, be in a cash position where you can do that. Um, going back on the balance sheet thing. This is probably the biggest uh, 
hurdle for a lot of folks. It is absolutely it's, it's having it. I mean, twenty percent of five hundred thousand. I'm not a genius, but it's like what? I'm waiting for this. Yeah, I'm waiting on it too. Yeah. You got it. Twenty percent of five hundred thousand. Nathan, if I'm doing my math correctly, <laughs> is somewhere around. Hmm. Let me carry the two. Taking me way too long. Two point five million. Twenty percent of five hundred thousand. I I want to wait on this now. I do too. I want to wait on this. Carry the four. We'll wait. Coagulate. <laughs> you got the the basics. Um, oh man, I'm gonna say it's a. It's a hundred grand. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Seven minutes later, <laughs> we're gonna have a math lesson on the way back home, bud. One fifth. Um, but no, um, the down payment is honestly the biggest struggle we have, and um, and and that's whether you're talking about recreational real estate or, or, or far highly productive farmland. Yes, um, down payments are the biggest issues. Back on what Andy said though about the balance sheets um, and having equity, there, there's options. Um, I don't recommend it. Um, most people that are looking to buy this type of property typically probably have a 401k or some kind, and I get a question a lot: Can we borrow from our 401k? The answer, I mean, depending on your 401k is yes, but do I recommend that? No. Um, right. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather find some other avenue. The next question is, most of these same types of borrowers have a house that has some equity in it. And they say, well, can we use my house? Well, in our world at, Farm, at FCS Financial, no. But if you want to go take a second mortgage out on your house for a down payment, you know, we can do that. We just have to know all these things going into it because that's going to be another payment that's going to come into play. You have to know the details play. of the payment. Right. right. So th- there's lots of options because a lot of people don't have the – how much was it again? He's not well, even listening. I didn't, He's not I, didn't, I didn't coagulate the molecular structure at the same time, too. Uh, I think it's hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't have the hundred thousand dollars down to, right. to to buy the recreational property. We get that. Yep. Um, I, I can't speak for any, but I can speak for myself. I'm in that same situation. So, so, yeah. so we've got to get creative, and and that's one thing that that Andy and I can do um, is we can get very, very creative if we need to. We just have to have all the information, um, and we have to know what the picture is going to look like, and then mm-hmm. he and I can come up with something that. We hope works for the borrower. Sometimes won't, but we got off topic again. Um, standard twenty-year term, twenty um, percent down. We do have longer terms. We do have shorter terms, um, and that's assuming monthly payments. M- monthly because there are different payment structures that affect that whole kind of calculation there. But your standard, if you're going to look at a you know recreation twenty-year, would be twenty percent. And what I've done in a lot of cases is we get this this property that has, let's say it's a hundred acres and let's say it has 40 acres of CRP income that generates 150 bucks a year. And it's going to do it for the next eight years. You got that math? Nope. <laughs> I think that's about $6,000 a year. I've done my math for the day. <laughs> I, I forgot my analogy. I think it's about $6,000 a year. So my point is um, you're going to have annual income that's going to come in, in October, November. Um, let's kind of get, used car salesman like and let's figure out what a payment is yep. that matches six thousand dollars a year so we can structure that much of the principal of the loan with a payment that comes due say november one that you're going to get your crp check you're basically just going to bring it straight to our office you're going to have made that portion of your payment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we're going to structure whatever's left to be paid with your non-farm income yeah. um, your, your wage w-2 income, wages your yep. w-2 wages so that's actually a question that uh one of our buddies who uh kind of brought this idea up to us had on buying recreational property. If you're buying a farm and you, you guys might not know this, but I'm curious if you do, that's already enrolled in the CRP program. 
does it continue to be enrolled in that once mm-hmm. you are the owner? There's really no option unless you buy it out. Right. Gotcha. You'd have to pay back the money that was already paid out on that contract. There's a contract for that CRP. Uh-huh. And that contract does transfer to the new owner. You have to go fill out the right paperwork at the uh, USDA office and get all that stuff done. <clears throat> but you would. And then once it comes up, I mean, you'd have the option to try to re-enroll it in the program or – if you want to take it out and try to have somebody farm it, you know, th- there's all kinds of options there. Is that something the government does? I mean, do they approach you when it's about to expire and say, hey, do you want to re-up? Do you not? You would get notified. You, notifi- you, you should get notification. And then, I mean, you would also have a physical copy of the contract, um, you know, with dates and what's going mm-hmm. on there. And you would have to call the USDA office and kind of monitor the program and, and make sure you know your dates and times but you bring up a good point on that nate because you know say for instance somebody wants to buy a farm right now we're halfway through the year um, a lot of times when you look at your contract and this is something you're going to visit more with your realtor about and your seller um, but a lot of times the crp payments are prorated mm-hmm. so you know if, if we close on a farm on june 1 they're going to prorate crp the the seller of that property right. is going to get it from january 1 to june 1 then you're going to get as a buyer the rest of the year's payment. Um, mm-hmm. So those right. are things to look at. And those are also things that, you know, can help make a payment. It gets, depends on, depending on how it's structured. Right. Um, just things to think about, but CRP is probably the biggest one. Andy, would you agree when it comes to recreational property? I would definitely agree as far as like government programs um, or just a residual income uh, from a recreational piece of property. I think CRP is the one of the biggest and there's yeah. multiple within there. There's, and I don't know the whole technical terms. There's WRP one two three or CRP W one or C, shit, CRP one two three CP one three zero. Yes, exactly. And then there's like Did the butter, right? one of those is like the butterfly habitat, and then there's some other stuff there. That wildflower program. Well, now we have wildflower program. Missouri has the MRAP program. That's a little different, but yeah. Like if if that previous landowner was enrolled in that MRAP MRAP program, I wonder how that would affect it. That one I've never run into yet. Right. Well, it's pretty new. I mean, yeah. there's not that many out there yet. And um, that's the public access deal, right? Yeah. 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 Like you can, the landowner can say, Hey, I want people to be able to come and. I mean, I'll be real honest with you. Somebody's buying a a recreational property for their own purpose. I'm guessing they're not going to do the. (laughs) They're probably going to be like, I don't want this anymore. I'm probably not going to do it. No. Although I'm glad they do it in Kansas because I used to go out there turkey when I was, before I got married and my life changed a little bit. Yeah. Those walk in hunting areas are pretty nice. Yeah. What about existing hunting or farm leases? Do you guys know how those. Are, handled, are they handled similar to the CRP program? All differently because right. it's going to depend on the time of year. It's going to depend on the type of contract they have. And that's all important to ask the seller or the real estate agent yeah. when you're looking at those properties. Okay, is um, maybe this thing has 20 to 40 acres tillable or something on it, tillable ground on it, and there's a farming contract. Well, if they've given that, you know, that farmer a five-year contract, he may have three years left on that contract that you're mm-hmm. going to have to honor. If you buy that, and you need to take that in consideration when you're, you're looking at the price and everything else. Yeah, a bad time to figure that out is afterwards. Right. When I, you thought you were going to farm it or something. I haven't seen that. Of course, you, there's a lot of properties out there that have hunting leases on them, but I haven't really seen any that. Most hunting leases are year to year, it seems. Year to year, and if if, if somebody sells something, they're, they're not as official, I guess you could say, as a yeah, row crop lease. Right. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because that, that would piss me off. I buy a farm. And oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hunt it now. No, you're not. I guess we are got a contract on this <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, but that would. The, the ones with row crop, I've I've seen some cases before. Um, 
I like those farms. I like those combination farms. Mm-hmm. They got timber, they got CRP, um, or they got row crop ground. And you get some guys, you know, if you have a relationship, um, you're not going to have tractors and planters and stuff like that, but you're going to want to naturally put some food plots out. Now, you probably right. got some stuff on your side-by-side and stuff like that, but you get a relationship with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, let them, you know, cash rent to ground, and they may have some stuff they may let you use, borrow rent. So yep. you can have some good relationships for mm-hmm. the guys that are wanting a property to come out and buy in the country and, and yeah. And still let one of the local guys farm for them. Yeah, I but, mean, that, those are uh, – uh, And I've uh, always wondered that, you know, because actually around where uh, we live, uh, you know, my father-in-law's a farmer, Andy's a farmer, m- my wife's family is full of farmers. And uh, around where uh, my wife grew up, a lot of farmers have CRP programs or they're part of the CRP program. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, I drive by it all the time for 10 years and you wonder – when can he do what he wants with it? You know, when does that change? And actually, last year, one of my father-in-law's neighbors, mm-hmm. his CRP field is now a cornfield. Came out of contract. So came out of con- It must have, you know, and he yep. said, no, I'm not doing this anymore or whatever. So yeah. it's interesting to see, you know, how that works. And My wife's uncle has one that just renewed his contract. And so they go out and inspected it. And he actually downsized him some acres because he couldn't reclaim the same amount. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the contract renews. So now he has a there's, – there's there's so many different types and different kinds. His, I think, specifically is like a 10-year type contract. Um, so for 10 years now, he is obligated to what's in the parameters. And it sets in, okay, year one, you can do this. Year two through six, you're allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. Year six through 10, you're allowed to do this. And then you start all over again yeah. in the parameters. So um, then there's all kinds of different ones. And along those same lines, something that I – I guess I've run into um, when looking at farms as personally is the WRP program and some other ones like that to whether enrolled in a government program for a long-term period that you need to be cognizant of just like a, a farming lease or anything, but it can limit what you can and cannot do with some of those properties. Right here where we're at along the river, um, WRP is a, a big thing. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, we can look out this window and right out where that levee over there's 120 some acres of WRP and yeah. there's 20 some here to the east of us. And mm-hmm. um, WRP is very, very limited on what you can do. There's no doubt. But if you're into duck hunting, it's, um, oh yeah, typically it's going to be the cheapest property you can buy, so to speak. Um, yeah. But it does have limitations. I've ran into some... Um, most WRP contracts are perpetual contracts, meaning they last forever. Right. Now, there are some 30-year contracts out there, and you'll see if that contract's a 30-year contract, sometimes those properties will bring just a little bit more um, because you have the chance you have the chance to get it back out. Now, they are they are restrictive in, mm-hmm. in what you can and can't do, and, and obviously you can't farm them. Um, right. mm-hmm. You know, I, I, don't quote me on this, guys, but I think you can plant 10%. There's a certain percentage, I know that's right, yeah. Of the total property in some type of, you know, corn, for example, in this area, if you want to shoot ducks, it seems like you got to have corn, but yep. you can't go in and harvest it. Um, so there you, are some... Basically, you can put a food plot in. Put a put, Yes, exactly right. Yep. And and pay attention to other things that aren't necessarily the CRT pro, CRP program or WRP or whatever. I'm, I remember my wife and I looked at a property when we were getting married... Nah, we were already married. Anyways, it was in a spot, a place we wanted. We looked at this piece of property, um, mostly, you know, row crop. And in the right in the middle of the property was a cell phone tower. Yeah. And so we contacted an agent. And that agent said, uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's it's they've got a contract with some cell phone company, and uh, it doesn't expire for nine more years. And I thought, I don't want to wait that long to, to remove that thing. That thing is right in the middle of the property. I can't do anything. I can't build a house. Can't do nothing. A year and a half later, that cell phone was or that tower was gone, and somebody whoever bought it was able. So look into what it actually means. Like look into those contracts. If you're serious about buying something. Look into those, you know, prior to doing it. Do some due diligence investigation. Because yeah. yeah. if, if I had done a little more homework, I mean, obviously, whoever bought it was able to figure out how to get that thing off of there. Who knows? They could have had to buy out a contract. It's or, possible. And, yeah. and you may have missed out too, Nate, because there could have been some serious income mm-hmm. from having that cell tower there. Possible. Um, and if you're, on, you're we're talking about a recreational track you're not going to build a house on, cell phone tower is probably not going to I stopped when I heard nine years. That's when, And, you know, mm-hmm. I probably should have kept looking like what does that mean what mm-hmm. what's yeah yeah so and i think people should look at those sorts of things because cell phone towers bring in money they got to yeah. pay you for that somebody for that yeah mm-hmm. yeah typically there's there's easements of some kind mm-hmm. um yeah. speaking of easements i was getting ready to say perfect segue <laughs> to some some stuff there to, to look for um, most people don't ever think about accessing a property because you can get to it, whether you can take a four-wheeler down a dirt road or there's a rock road to it. Um, in order for us to perfect a lien on a property, we have to have both physical and legal access. Yep. Um, it's not – I'm not going to say it's common, um, but it is somewhat common, Andy, to where we run into these issues. Yep. I ran into an issue just last week um, that we, it worked out and we got it resolved. Um, but make sure that every property you have has – Legal and physical access. Now, you're not going to know if it has legal access until you get a title commitment back, um, more than likely. But um, physical access is exactly what it is. Can you drive down it? Um, In our world, there's... uh, Doesn't mean can you take a boat to it. Yes. Can the average person take a a vehicle or... What kind of vehicle? (laughs) Yeah, he's got to be, doesn't (laughs) he? I know, I'm just honestly, saying, I, I know some vehicles that go places others won't. I think access, like it's like twenty, thirty feet path. I mean, it's it has to be you have to be able to drive a vehicle, and if it's a farm, you have to be able to. I mean, thirty feet typically. It's, right, right, it's like thirty foot to make sure you have ability to take equipment to it. Um, so it's kind of common sense access, I guess, almost. Because there's still property out there that's landlocked in, isn't there? Yeah. That you know, it could be hundred acres surrounded by another farm. And there's no way to access it but through that person's farm. It's possible, and it's yeah. it's actually illegal in the state of Missouri. I think I don't. I'm, is it nationwide, Andy? Do you know um, to have a, have a landlocked yeah. property? So if you own a piece of property that's landlocked, you can get access. You have to go through the courts, and it gets to become a yeah. you know a drawn out process, and it could be expensive too. Right, mm-hmm. it's a headache, but you have to be able to have access. Um, I'm gonna back up just a little bit because we got <laughs> you know kind of. We found the property, brought you an application, ran the application, got approved. Next step is contract. You know, get signing a contract on that farm. And what we've just got done talking about goes into all of that. Of, and that contract is, are there leases? What are the terms of the leases? Who gets the rights to the leases? All that goes into the contract, the details. You know, Today, I might see a contract to where the current landowner is going to keep the crop for that year. Tomorrow, I'll get one that it's going to transfer immediately. That crop that's in the field is going to transfer immediately to the new owner. Everything's different. Everything's negotiable. I mean, that's what the contract's for, to go through those details. So then you get the contract. Mm-hmm. 
deliver that contract to us mm-hmm. as as your lender. We order title work. We order an appraisal that's needed, uh, or you know whatever structure there, and then. I mean, times are different right now. I mean, you're looking 30 to 45 days probably from the time you get the contract. I'd like to have 60, honestly. I tell people 45, and and I'll be honest, I tell every customer this, so I'm not saying anything I shouldn't, but I tell people 45 days, and if I can get it done in 30 days, I will. Absolutely. But if I tell you 30 days and it takes me 45, naturally you get upset. Right. Um, And it's not... It's not that Andy and I aren't doing our part. There's just a lot of moving parts when it comes to buying real estate mm-hmm. because we've got title companies involved. We've got realtors involved. Um, we've got potentially out-of-state sellers. We are, I mean, there's just a yep. lot of moving pieces to these deals and getting them done in 30 days when I started 11 years ago <laughs> seemed like it was doable, but yeah. now it, it, it's, it's getting harder and harder to get them done. Um, yep. So if there's any realtors listening to this podcast, uh, my recommendation is is give a little buffer. Yeah, give us a little buffer because yeah. we, we're going to get the deal done. Uh, right. We just need enough time with everybody that's involved in it. And and for people, I mean, I know that this is our world and we live in it. So to make sure that I guess when we say title work, what happens is a title company is going to go and research the the ownership, the title, just like a vehicle of that property. And verify one that the person selling it has the capacity, right, to sell it. right? Has the right to sell it. Two that there's no outside liens. There's no nothing that you don't know about to make sure. We require as a lender that you get an owner's policy, I believe, um, which is insurance, owner's insurance that you have clear title to that property. That there's nothing um, afterwards that someone can come back and say, "Oh no, actually that person didn't have the right to sell it." That's my property, and everything you just did doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of layman, or not really. That's kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, but not the I, technical I, terms there. But I think you might be, you might have misspoke, Andy, and I may be misspoken now. But I think that as a buyer, you have the option to not get an owner's policy, but we're going to require a mortgage policy. I guess that'd be cool. We, we're requiring a lender's policy. A lender's we recommend policy. you get an owner's policy. And, and, and typically, when we go back to the contract, in a typical, like, Everything about a contract is negotiable, but typically the seller provides the buyer with the owner's policy. Correct, correct. So anytime, my personal opinion for what I think I know, I mean, you should always have an owner's policy. Yeah. I mean, if you're buying a piece of property um, from an individual that you may or may not know, you should probably, an owner's policy needs to be provided. And typically the seller is going to provide that to the new buyer. Right. And and we're going to require... Um, FCS Financial, any lender is going to require um, that lender's policy. A lender's policy, which makes sure that we can perfect our lien. Correct on that property. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, some things you run into there is you know easements. You're talking about access. Well, there may be an easement access. It doesn't look like on a map there's physical access to your property, but you have a physical. You have an easement that gives you the legal right to get to your property. And I mean. So there's there's things in that report that your lender and you are are looking for to make sure you can can go ahead and buy that. It's really kind of interesting too. Um, some some title companies, very few anymore, they still have old abstracts on properties, mm-hmm. and there's some cool stuff you can read on those. If yeah, people probably think I'm weird, but it's kind of it's kind of boring, but it's kind of cool. I remember when we were in uh, training mm-hmm. um, down in Jeff City. I know we had a. An example one time where I, I don't know the guy's name, but it said Joe shot the buck in such and such year. <laughs> I mean, that's how they describe properties back then. Really? It's a little more sophisticated now, or, or reference trees and stuff. So it's it's cool stuff yeah. to read, and it's 
it's probably kind of boring to read, but it is kind of cool. But it, it's yeah. it's very needed. I mean, title insurance protects you as an owner, and it protects us as a lender. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, some of those legal descriptions to uh, you know old corner posts that yeah. you know this yeah so many feet, but that's pretty cool to see that stuff. And some one cool thing I don't know if you've seen some stuff where we're at over in Higginsville. A lot of it has been undermined. There's old coal mines. Um, mm-hmm. And they've been gone for a long time. There's none active that I'm aware of anywhere near. But uh, I ran into one one time that it had the, you know, mineral rights are a thing that you need to pay attention to. The mineral rights have been sold. Well, they've been sold to XYZ Company. Well, we had to request the file from the uh, recorder's office of that. This uh, coal contract was so old, it was written in old English. <laughs> it, and it was so... There's some rules they expire after so long, and you have to verify that you know the company's not in existence anymore to get around that some of that stuff. But you run into some cool history of the property, um, just like you're saying that those abstract books some counties have. Those are really cool if you mm-hmm. can get a hold of those. There's not many left, I don't think. But um, yeah, so as far as that goes, you're talking about kind of I went off of, back to well, a rabbit hole there. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all our show is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this this is my first podcast for everybody listening, so I uh, I feel like I fit right in. It's just kind of BS on what you want to talk about, exactly. <laughs> uh, but um, no, and when we talk we about have, the, <laughs> we have no secret of how we do it. We just do just it. Do it. The, uh, the 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 closing process is the next step in the process, um, and that's done at the title companies. Typically, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if arrangement needs to be made, we can do it after hours. We can do it at home, but typically, um, whatever county you're in is where the title work is going to be done at. Um, Andy and I, we're going to drive down. We're going to meet you there. We're going to sign everything. Um, obviously, everything we've talked about prior to that point, we've agreed upon. We've mm-hmm. got everything set in stone. So the closing, some people get nervous about it, but it's probably the easiest part of the whole thing. Um, yep. I tell people if we've made it to this point, um, everything should be good. If it's not something we uh, – if we're not comfortable and you're not comfortable when we get to that point, we've, both, we've all done something wrong. Yes, there's some, the mistake has happened along the way in that, yeah. You should be well aware of everything and good to go from that point. And more of a sigh of relief, if anything, at the closing that it's done. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yours. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, when it comes to purchasing um, real estate that's not, that's not, you know, primary residence or a, a commercial building. Um, you know, but, that's just so hard to do. I mean, again, go back, biggest hurdles, that down payment, figuring mm-hmm. that out, planning for that. Um, you can use other assets as, you know, as essentially collateral to, to, to get to that loan to value. Um, but there's certain rules that we have to follow, um, you know, at farm credit and there's certain things that have to happen there, but, um, but the, the there's big, options. The biggest misconception I agree with Andy is, um, most, most of your typical lenders, um, don't want to deal with bare property mm-hmm. where that's Andy and I's wheelhouse. We, oh, yeah. we, we love dealing with you bare give, land. You give me bare <laughs> land, man. And I'm excited. It, it makes our job so much fun, <laughs> but, um, I'll keep my dirty joke in. <laughs> Stop it. Have you paid I, attention I said, to any of I this? Did, I did. He's still trying to figure joke. out 20% of 500,000. <laughs> it's 139. <laughs> but I, and I think that's the biggest, uh, you guys have said misconception several times, but, it's buying land isn't necessarily just for the rich person, you know, like that's what, no, you know, if you're a city guy, like you said that earlier, right? If you're a city guy who wants to buy recreational property, 
I can't do that. I don't, I'm not rich. Well, think about what it is. The only sh- shitty part about it is land's not going to get cheaper. Uh, that's one of the questions one of our friends asked is, you know, are land prices stabilizing? Are they continuing to going up? That's a magic They're question. They're probably always going to continue to go up. But, you know, if you say, hey, I want, I want to be able to buy just four, 40 acres. Mm-hmm. An hour, any uh, anywhere from an hour from my house, yep. so that I can go and hunt or fish with the kids or go camping with my family or whatever. How much is that going to cost me? Well, they're going to need that twenty percent, like you guys have been saying, right? So right. they save that up over a few years, and so that they can get to that point where they can put that money down right. and actually be able to, you know, buy something. And and what I like about land is it's an asset. So you buy it, um, and in four or five years you need to to offload it. I highly doubt you're going to lose money on the thing. Now, yeah, there's always that chance. The old but, saying, I mean, goes back. They're not, they're not making any more of it. That's right. They're not I mean, making any more land. Yeah. No. A point to bring up though, Nate, to what you said. You know, forty acres. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we we love forty acre tracks. Mm-hmm. But if if you and three of your buddies mm-hmm. wanted to pool your money together mm-hmm. and buy a you know that half million dollar track. Um, what's hundred thousand divided by three? You know, thirty three point three 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 three. He did that faster. <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, but no, and we we can work with that. And we've yeah. got we've got lots of different options on that. I mean, we could look at a loan to Nate and your wife. Um, we could look at a loan to your your buddy and his wife and your other buddy and their wife, and they'd be three separate loans secured by one deed of trust on the property. We can look at everybody thrown in together. We can get. Um, you could, you could go make a holding LLC and sure. lend the money to that. And I like to say I can get creative, and I can get very, very, very creative. You just bring me the information in, and I'll put something together that I think makes sense, and you know, hopefully you think it makes sense as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've got a buddy who, when we were in high school, bought his first piece of property. Yeah. And turned that into another piece of property. Smartest one out of all of you. Yes, he is. And then he turned that into another piece of property up north. I had a guy tell me one time the first farm, to, or the, the hardest one to pay for is the first one. After yep. you get the first one paid for, they come a lot easier. Yep. And it's, I mean, you think about, you know, people saying, why there's no way I can buy land. I can't afford it. Do you own a house? Have you got, I mean, are, are you paying for that house? Have you ever sold your house and upgraded to a house? Yes, you're talking about primary residence living, but at the same time, it's not much different. I mean, if you're paying for a house, you live in a house, the real estate's not much different. Stay in that realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's my opinion of it. And, and how bad do you want it? Exactly. You got a $90,000 diesel truck. Why don't you sell that and go buy a $10,000 beater, take that payment, start saving that up. Nate's for, saying this because he wants to sell his truck. I do. I do, <laughs> I do kind of want to sell my truck. Of course, I don't have a $90,000 truck either. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's those things that you can take if you really want land. Yeah, pretty sweet 06 LBZ. 07. 07. That's why Close. it's real sweet. <laughs> okay. Uh, 07 Classic. Now We're going to start an auction for it here right now? Yeah. Uh, 27,000. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, you, you can get creative and, you know, think about how am I going to save up for that 20%. I think we're all in agreement. That's probably the biggest hurdle people yep. would have is that first initial down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, get creative and, you know, sell that. If you really want that, sell that nice truck and go buy you something that isn't as nice and take that payment and uh, put it towards just in a savings account for the next couple of years. And um, you buy your first 15 acres, 20 acres. I'll leave how they do it up to the financial advisor. 
<laughs> well, then you should probably go talk to them. Okay. But the we did we did all agree that the biggest hurdle is the is a down payment. But we you know Andy we we have to go without. I mean we can't go without saying there's other options for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if you have a parent if you have a grandparent. Oh, yeah. um, brother sister that happens to own some property that that's unencumbered that doesn't have any debt on it and they're willing to help you out and pledge their collateral to help Mm -hmm. you get this farm bought that's all we can always look at that and in that case you know as long as we're at an 80 percent lending level based on the entire position nate Mm -hmm. i mean we could loan 100 percent of a farm if you've got somebody willing to help you out and pledge collateral and when we say that they don't necessarily have to sign the note they just have to pledge the additional collateral and sign our yep. deed of trust. Agree that they understand they're going to mm-hmm. put up that collateral. If they default on their loan, they're putting their asset at risk, which, you know, we we don't plan on it. We wouldn't be making a loan if we plan on you defaulting on a loan. No one does. Um, but just have that understanding of what they're putting at risk. And there's a lot of people that actually, I mean, that, that do that. They mm-hmm. use um, a family member of some sort, like Jordan said, and and access it that way other than just straight cold, cold hard cash. <laughs> it's true. That's awesome. Um, what else you guys, I mean, do you have? Oh, there's not, there's nothing better than, I mean, honestly, once this is complete, I think, you know, coming in, you know, I've helped some people finance these recreational pieces, and there's one guy specifically, um, shout out to Sean, bought his property in, I don't remember what month it is, that next deer season killed like 180-something inch deer. And he sent me pictures, all excited. I mean, just you know, he was pumped, which he should be. Had it all filmed. It was it was pretty sweet. Uh, so, do I enjoy? I mean, I enjoy the outdoors. So, I'm a little bit vested, I guess, in that recreational stuff. Same as Jordan, I enjoy seeing the success stories and watching that come together for a family, whether it's their took their kid hunting on the property, or whatever. Seeing that reward of of that investment for them outside of monetary of memories and you know all those things it it goes farther than than just what how do you make the down payment or whatever it goes it goes deeper than that for us is seeing that family growth and getting them outdoors in the agriculture i think that's a big uh i think that's what draws a lot of guys and gals to want to have their own property because i don't remember who it was but killing your first deer or your first turkey or whatever it is you love to do on your own Mm -hmm piece of property makes it special that you worked for whether it's you worked to get it and then you also then worked on it yeah and then you did it it's like first full circle like this this is mine this is i this is this is mine you know public land everybody owns public land still not yours right it, it doesn't feel like it, you have that tie that same tie to it you hunt on a buddy's property that's cool still not yours mm-hmm. you know there's there's something to be said where when you get that first this i did that that's that's my my property and for me nate um it's probably i don't own my my own property yet but i hope to hopefully sooner versus later but i i enjoy the management of it um the food plots the you know the mowing the the, the just taking care of things and getting it and that leads into exactly what you said i mean yeah killing killing your first year killing your first turkey's fun but getting that property built up mm-hmm. and making it manicured uh, you know the ultimate hunter's paradise for example mm-hmm. is probably as entertaining to me as actually pulling the trigger absolutely and you get to do it by your rules exactly by the methods you want to and not say uh, leaseholders rules or right. Uh, public ground rules mm-hmm. you can go put that tower blind up in that corner if you want to because it's yours yep um you know whatever it might be but speaking of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got we, we still have to work on we some of that, that thing built <laughs> but, 
but uh you know it, so we've talked about this whole thing and and you know the terms and stuff and how you know misconceptions quote unquote but we haven't touched about and i think we're doing in, uh, injustice to you know where me and jordan bo- both work of fcs and explain kind of why and how fcs financial can do these things because not every institution can um you know your commercial banks and different things that's not their bread and butter why is this stuff our bread and butter why why can we do this and it goes back to fcs financial our structure and what we're about fcs financial is a member-owned cooperative we're a strictly a lending institution um so we don't have depository accounts you can't come have a checking or a savings account with us um we're strictly a lending institution for agriculture um so to, to be able to your property actually has to be able to um and maybe help me my terminology here to produce or generate generate um, at least a thousand dollars in farm revenue now it has to have the ability to um we would like you to of course do it um and that includes crp payments that includes row crop rents that includes row crop sales that includes if you wanted to run a few cows few you know and, and that also includes timber andy timber yeah. i mean you don't have to cut it that's when uh, you but, forget easy yeah but it has to have the ability to generate it so could you generate it right so so to qualify there um that that sets us a little apart from you know, walking into a normal bank and be able to do it so there's like jordan said we get creative on that i mean that's something but you have to be able to show you can um and then being a member owned cooperative to break down that what that means so if you borrow money from fcs you have to purchase uh, fcs financial let's purchase stock that stock is two percent of your loan amount capped at a thousand dollars. So anything over fifty thousand dollars, you're yep. gonna own the max of stock you're gonna own in, in FCS Financial. Exactly, exactly. Um, the cool part about that is, is so wait a minute, you can buy property yep. and own a company at the same time. Absolutely, <laughs> you have a vested interest in you know FCS Financial, our policies, our lending, those things that are going on kind of dive deeper now what does that get you why why can you what what does that benefit you of being a member owner first thing is long-term fixed rates that's something fcs does very well is we can lock in that interest rate on a long term so you know for the life of you know that 20-year term you know exactly what your payment will be the maximum payment will be and you can plan um you know, opposed to that, a lot of times, maybe there's other institutions that can do a um, 20-year note, but they're going to do a five-year arm. Well, in five years, you don't know what your interest rate is going to be. And, and at the end of that five years, it could reprise for another five years. It could go a year at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to Andy's point of the fixed rates, knowing what your first payment and last payment is going to be is probably as important now as it's ever been since you and I have been doing this. That's with without the a interest doubt. rate market that we're at. But – that being said, one of the very cool features that FCS offers is the ability to do a conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about we know that we know that interest rate's going to be at max this number. But let's say we've been in this loan for five years and um, this rate rate environment changes and rates go down and, and we can save you know a half percent a percent. We've got the ability to call our customers and say, hey, you know you're paying X. We can lower this to X. You know we're gonna we're gonna have a servicing fee involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that always makes sense. Um, we're not going to do it unless it does. It, yes, that's exactly right. And when we say a servicing fee, I mean, even with that in, involved, I mean, people I'm sure hear that and like, oh, okay, you're going to go, I can refinance anywhere. That's but, not what we're talking about. We're not talking about refinancing. It's we're a refinance talking about, without all the paperwork. We're talking I, about a very simple 
refinance of there's two sheets of paper you sign yep and that fee and a lot of times that fee i mean it's going to save you money or we're not going to do it if it doesn't make sense it we won't do it exactly You're exactly right that is a very cool benefit of fcs financial that i don't know anybody else that can do lower a fixed rate so when you explain it the the initial closing rate is almost like a rate ceiling it is you are guaranteed that that rate's not going to go above that with options to lower that as you go without a full refinance yeah we've yeah. got an array of products so yes um, nate and, and I, I agree with you i'm a fixed rate fan mm-hmm. um we've, we've got some products to, um, that have prepayment penalties um typically a little bit cheaper but it does limit what you can do for the first five mm-hmm. years yep. um, so if you were to sell that property or sell off a part of that property there's penalties involved in it yep. so we try to stay away from that but andy and i aren't doing our jobs and like i said when i said when we get to the closing table it, there shouldn't be any questions these are all questions that you know we're gonna go through we're gonna discuss we're gonna make sure everybody understands far before we ever get to that closing table but and mike go ahead i gonna say there are some options you talk about you would never there are some times that it makes sense to do a five-year arm we offer those we have that in our toolbox as well to match it up with that customer if that if that makes sense for them and their financial position to do that five-year arm we have that tool and, and it, I guess it depends on what they're what they're needing. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's different. Right. Yeah. Everyone's and, so different. And everybody's appetite for risk. You know, mm-hmm. back on my example where I talked about a split note um, to where we capture, you know, the the CRP income to make an annual payment. We could look at pricing that particular portion on a five year adjustable rate and the other portion on a twenty year fixed rate. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are tired of hearing me say this, but I take pride in how creative I can get, <laughs> and we can get damn creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the next biggest thing, we talked about your interest rate options. Yeah, Our next biggest thing that sets us apart is that cooperative structure. And part of being a cooperative, we do pay back um, patronage dividends to our member owners. While it may not be guaranteed, we have been very good and very consistent, and, and I believe that FCS Financial as a whole has a commitment, um, you know, of, uh, of trying to do that every year. Um, I don't even know what I would say our average is return right now, um, but it has been increasing year after year. Um, used to say almost a half a percent return um, on average. Average. Um, I would say it's significantly moving higher than that mm-hmm. um i mean either way if even if you don't if you do that's just you're you're it's money a member back. owner and it's when i say patronage dividend, i guess you call it free money at the end of the year well, or whatever. And, and what andy uh, i don't think he said this if if he did i apologize but that thousand dollar stock investment um that's it truly what it is it's not a fee mm-hmm. um, because once you pay us off in full we refund that thousand dollar investment back to you and hopefully over the course of the 20 years you've borrowed money mm-hmm. we've paid back a dividend so potentially it could be one of the better investments for the thousand dollars you for could thousand, ever make and generally speaking that thousand dollars is repaid multiple times by the time that loan mm-hmm. is done right um again and, while, while not guaranteed um we've been pretty consistent of giving that back and um Lost my train of thought there for a second. Has <laughs> that ever happened? <laughs> uh, pretty times. much every show. <laughs> uh, um, but no, where I was going with that was if you own 
fifty thousand, or if you owe us fifty thousand dollars, or you owe us five million dollars, you still just own one thousand dollars in FCS Financial Association stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, um, you buy your first forty acres. Um, you, you come in, we loan you the money on it five years down the road. You come in, you want to borrow some more money to buy another forty that sits next to it. You already own the farm credit stock. The only thing that gets bigger, hopefully, is your dividend after that next year. Absolutely, because that dividend is based off of the amount of business you hold with us on average through that current year. And if you're a Shillacothic customer, we have customer appreciation that you get. We have shrimp boils and stuff, Andy. So you boys are going to have to step it up and dig it. Now, we're not special enough to have no shrimp boil, but we do put on pretty good barbecue feed. So, But uh, we, we do have a good customer appreciation. Uh, FCS does like doing that. But uh, Jordan does get creative, so uh, we're the standard pulled pork brisket. Jordan up here has a whole shrimp boil. <laughs> nice. So. Well, I think this, you know, we have been actually asked about doing an episode like this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been brought up multiple times on buying recreational land or farms. Um, and we thought, man, how could we pull it off, though? You know, how could we do – how could we get that? And I, I thought, you know, um, I think we all sat down and just said, let's just explain to people how how, how the process works and how they can do it. And with Jordan, I mean – If you've never bought land before, this is all gibberish. Not this. Right. It isn't now because you guys have hopefully explained it to people. But if you've never done it before. Hopefully people could track our uh, – <laughs> Like if you've never done it before, nonsense. you have no idea where to start half the time. Right. And, you know, it's not it's not as hard as you might think it is. Yep, exactly. The hardest part is finding the piece to buy. Mm-hmm. Then you it's come to, then the you come to me or Andy. Uh, any other loan officer in FCS as far as that goes, we'll get you fixed up. Long snob Caleb Hankey. <laughs> He's my coworker, but, it, but see, Andy trained him. I'm pretty sure. I'm just. There, so I'm, that's the I'm giving Caleb a hard time. Caleb is very knowledgeable and capable. I'm just giving a hard time because he if was. If I buy property now, I'm going to call Caleb. You, you should. You should, because Caleb. He's right. Caleb was. Uh, has came through kind of the same process Jordan did with FCS and was a trainee intern and then or intern then trainee and, um, you know, is now a full time loan officer up in Chillicothe with with Jordan. So I'm just giving a hard time. We like you, Caleb. <laughs> awesome. Well, boys, you got anything else? No, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, this was actually, like I said, this is my first one, but I actually had a good time. Yeah, Jordan, thank good. you for coming yeah. on. I mean, uh, it's kind of a hard topic to kind of. I know I made you sit down, and leave work on. to work some more, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's at least uh, fun. I can tell both of you um, enjoy what you do as I a professional what I do. job. Absolutely, I think. You know, it's pretty cool to see you, you're helping people secure something that they want, uh, you know, a dream of theirs. So a lot of times it's a dream of mine to own a piece of property that I could potentially hunt a deer on. And uh, I think a lot of people have that I same. I wish you'd buy your own. I know. <laughs> Go hunt sure my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make a good point, though, Nate, and I'll, I'll say this before and then I'll be done um, selling. But the reason that I love doing what I do and working where I work is because we work with a select group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I like that. Um, we work with the hunters. We work with the full-time farmers. We work with the guys that have livestock. We don't, people don't call us to buy a wave runner. People don't buy, call us to finance a camper. I mean, right. we, we work with a select group of people, mm-hmm. and it's people just like me, so that's the reason I enjoy doing what I do. That's 100% right. Yep, we have the common interest in our with our customers is, you know, to do what we do is somewhat specialized in right, that yeah. recreational outdoor industry. And if you're interested in it, chances are we have some common interests as well. Nice. Well, Jordan, thanks for uh, letting us come up here and yeah, this cabin's awesome. check out your cabin. 
It's pretty cool. If you guys uh, ever need to play stay, we got eight bunk beds. So yep, awesome. if I ever get kicked out. I think those guys left. I was hoping they'd fry up the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. We got a deep fryer right there. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee Boy, they, we can do it. They would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. They come back and come back. somebody already ate their mushrooms. Uh, we better not. They know where to find me. <laughs> All right, Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, we'll see you. Catch you guys next time. All right. That's that. This is this. Yeah, we, well, that was today. This is tomorrow. And <laughs> we'll do it live. But I, hopefully people got something out of that. I think it's um, a lot of good information there. We threw a lot of information uh, at some people. So You and Jordan threw a lot of information at people. Yeah, you kind of sat there. I contributed by doing poop jokes at the beginning. Yeah, we trying, appreciate that. Thanks. And trying to do math during your guys' discussion. Math hard for you. <laughs> but, you know, if, if anybody has any questions, we didn't say it there in, you know, in, the, in the full segment, but... Feel free to to give us a shout. Um, you look us up on FCS FCS Financial's website, which is myfcsfinancial.com. Uh, Jordan's in the Chillicothe office. I'm in the Higginsville office. We have 21 offices across the state of Missouri. Um, you can call just our generic number, and they can kind of guide you to where you need to be, which is 855-507-2276. Um, Jordan, uh, he can help you out. Uh, give him a shout, 660-247-5306. And, uh, or if you want to talk to me for a little bit, 660-815-5182. We can help you out with any questions you have along the way if it's a journey you're wanting to take. So, And give me a call, 867-5309. You did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know numbers. What can I say? Uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, we do want to thank Jordan for coming on. Yeah, I bet uh, you live at 818 Beachfront Avenue, too. I don't know what that one is. Okay. <laughs> uh, do want to thank him for coming on. We appreciate um, him and yours time. You know, you guys kind of put this together and um, helped. Uh, well, we filled with us the some topic. questions before, yeah. you know, just from the podcast in general, um, you know, of how to. And then obviously, you know, we, Jordan and I get calls of how to. So maybe if this can help a few people. You know, that's our goal. Yeah. Yeah, and we do try to, like, when we hear uh, listeners talk about topics that they want to hear, you know, enough, like, enough times you hear it, you're like, okay, well, yeah. let's, let's definitely try to do that. And that's that's one that's been brought up a lot um, over the past couple of years. So I'm just we, never, to, we never could figure out, like, how the hell to pull it off. This is my nice but, way of trying to educate you so you buy your own place to hunt and quit hunting by my house. Can I just buy your place? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Jordan said, you knock on doors, and 90% of the time, it's going to be no. Okay, can I just, like, then buy the timber? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll let you keep hunting. Okay. We're going to hunt together this year, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. That's I thought. All right. All right. So, uh, thanks to Jordan, Andy. It's weird. I'm, it's almost like I'm thanking you for coming on your own show. That's cool. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? No. Let's, uh, let's hop off of here and... Catch them on the next one. Let's go home. Catch you on the flippity flip.